From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Across the country, school boards have gotten more attention than ever before. It started during the early months of the pandemic when parents rallied to reopen schools and lift COVID precautions. In the last few years, people have swarmed school board meetings with demands over everything from curriculum to classroom displays to the books on the shelves in the library. At the center of it all, the unpaid volunteers elected by the community to make decisions for the district. Now it's your turn to have a say in who runs your local school district. In Oregon, school board elections, they are here. Ballots are on their way and election day is coming up on May 16th. Joining us on Straight Talk today to talk about what a school board does, we have the president of the Oregon School Boards Association, Sonia McKenzie. Sonia has been a member of the school board for the Park Rose School District in Portland since 2017, and she is the first black woman to serve as the association's president. Then later we will hear from high school students who serve on their school boards about what they say students need most from their board. Byronie McMahon is the student representative for Portland Public School Schools, and Aishiki Nag is the student representative for the Tigard Tualatin School District. Well, thanks for joining us for Straight Talk. I'm Ashley Corslin in for Laurel Porter. First, we want to welcome Sonia McKenzie. It is so good to have you. Thanks for being with us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background as a school board member. You've served, as we mentioned, on the Park Rose School Board for a number of years. You've also been involved in school boards from the local to the national level. Give yes. us a little insight into your background. Sure. So, you know, I I'm a former educator. I was um, an alternate certification um, in special education. Um, and so um, when I began to start my family, um, I wanted to continue that work. I was a stay-at-home mom for many years, and I wanted to continue to stay involved in school and support my kids as they, as they were um, starting school. And so my advocacy really continued. Um, as I, I started in the classroom as a teacher, I continued to be involved. Um, I started with PTA, then it became site council. Um, and eventually when my girls were, my twin girls were in Head Start, I was part of the policy council and I was elected to that position and it really just sparked a fire in me. Um, I've been involved in community work um, as a volunteer, community volunteer for many years. Um, and in the, school, um, in the school setting, I just really found a passion mm -hmm. for the work in supporting education. I'm a product of, of public education. Um, I love the value that it brings to our community. And so I've just continued to do that work. And it's just evolved into a lots of amazing opportunities to, to lead the work. Quite a background. What a resume that you have Thank that you. brings you to this position today. <laughs> when it comes to making decisions for a school district, what exactly does a school board do? What sort of a hand do they have yeah. in, in the decision making? So there's some really specific things that school board members are, are um, allowed to do. Our main roles is first and foremost, our job is to hire and supervise and evaluate the superintendent. And they are the ones that run the district. Uh, they are the ones that hire. Um, they are the ones that implement the policies and the mission and values that we implement as board members. So we provide the framework and then they are the ones that, and to do that, that work um, internally. Uh, the other thing that we do as board members is we create policy, which is also a framework for our work. Um, the policies are what um, we provide our superintendent to, to do the work that he does. So we, we implement policy. And the other, um, which is really vitally important, is that we evaluate, we review, and we eventually approve 
uh, a balanced budget every year for our school districts, which is vitally important. Uh, you cannot do the work without people and you can't do the work without having that budget. Quite a few responsibilities. What right. does a school board not do? So there's a, quite a bit of misconception about what school board members do. Our power is really collective. As board members, we don't do anything without uh, reaching consensus and making decisions as a team. Um, and so with that, school board members are not legislators. We are not, we do not create, um, we do not create legislation. Mm -hmm. uh, we cannot make decisions independently. Uh, we do not supervise administrative staff. That is not our role. So our role really is uh, like kind of the hierarchy of providing the, the policy, approving a budget, and supervising the one employee that we have, and that's the superintendent. We talked about ballots going out and voters having to make some important decisions coming up here in a handful of days. What should voters be be looking for when they look at who they want to elect for their local school boards? It's an incredibly important decision. Um, so school board members, what you, sh you should be looking for is first someone who maybe you know in your community. That's um, someone that's also a, um, an incredible advocate for public education. Someone who has been involved in community. Um, have they been volunteering in the community? Or there's someone you could sit down and have coffee with mm -hmm. and talk about your kid's educational experience? Um, are they someone who likes to collaborate? Are they good listeners? Board members spend a lot of time listening to public testimony and listening to reports from district staff. You need to also be able to be someone who can be a partner and work collaboratively, right. listen to other opinions. Um, someone who just loves your community and wants to support it. You know, Oregon Public Broadcasting reported last month that dozens of school board seats were still open ahead of the filing deadline. Uh, talk to me about how difficult it, it maybe has been or has not been to find people who want to run for these open seats. Yeah, so that's been a unique opportunity for OSBA. We've uh, created um, we've created a program um, to attract talent, uh, to provide resources and training and support for board member for potential board members. Um, it is um, we do need to get the word out about um, how important the role is, the time commitment, um, what how you can be qualified to be a board member. Um, it's an incredibly important role, and I think that there's a lot of misinformation. Um, but I think there's an incredible opportunity. There's lots of folks that have had great opportunities in public education or great advocates could really be, be amazing partners in this work. You know, voter turnout um, historically for school board elections has been low. Um, so what would be your appeal to voters? Why is it so important to vote in these types of elections for electing your school board representatives? Well, now more than ever, it's vitally important that we support public schools. Um, we are in crisis and we need advocates there. Uh, on our school boards. Um, and so with that, we have more than almost a half a million students in, in the state uh, that are relying on us to make those decisions, to provide a great educational experience uh, for our students. Um, and so it, I, it calls that folks should spend that time to really look at the candidates, spend time looking at um, are they gonna be the best advocates for, um, for our kids? Are they gonna invest in the time? It's an incredibly important role. And our kids are counting us to do what's right by them. Some people who may not have children, students in a particular school district might discount uh, voting, discount the election. Well, I don't have students, why would right. I vote? What would be your counterpoint to that? Yeah, it's an incredibly important opportunity. Um, you know, um, investing now in education is going to support our communities later. Mm -hmm. um, and here in Oregon, we have an amazing opportunity. We have the luxury of a ballot coming to your home, the voter's guide. You have the luxury of time to really study uh, 
uh, the candidates, read about their profiles, maybe going to an event where they're speaking and talking about their platform. You have this amazing opportunity to be informed, uh, to meet candidates before you make those decisions, and then simply put the ballot in your box. It can't get any easier than that. It's an incredibly important decision to make. Uh, I'm going to throw a question out that is a, is a broad question here, um, and I'm curious of your answer to this. What would be some of the biggest issues facing schools right now? So I can think of two issues that are really critically important right now. The first is um, we need to be fully funded. Um, we have a real challenge here in Oregon where our schools have been under-resourced uh, for many years. Uh, we currently have a proposal of $9.9 .9 billion to fund our schools, and it's simply not enough money to fund, to provide the supports that we need for our school districts. Um, and so that is a critical thing. We're not able to provide the supports for students. We're, not, we're continually underfunded. Um, in the case of my school district, uh, Park Rose, we're looking at a, a $2 million shortfall, which is going to be really difficult to provide supports that we need for our students. The second is there is a critical need, uh, a critical workforce shortage in our school districts, everywhere from the classroom uh, to the lunchroom, the bus drive, school bus drivers. It's, uh, we have a lot of folks that are leaving uh, education. Um, and the, those two things really conflate the crisis. Um, we need to have enough money to provide, the, to get the talent, but we're also losing folks leaving the field of education. Do you think, not to interrupt you there, but uh, obviously during the pandemic we saw a lot of educators get burned out. Have you seen yeah. that trend continue or is there any improvement when it comes to that? I've seen I've seen a trend where there's a lot of burnout and there's yeah. a lot of transition um, and you know that's, that's understandable. It's been a very difficult time, uh, but we also need to look towards the future and look at pathways of um, building pathways for getting more teachers in our classroom. Something I think that might uh, turn off a lot of people to maybe running for a school board is the fact that school boards, they have just been become, the meetings have become so contentious. They've been yeah. in the news, the headlines. Um, school boards really have become the target for political and cultural debates that really have gotten quite heated at times. For example, in Newburgh, uh, we saw a year-long debate over what the board there called political symbols. So it started as a ban on pride and Black Lives Matter flags. Then it morphed into anything that the board deemed controversial. The ban was only ultimately ruled unconstitutional, but that was not before the district superintendent was fired and then three board members, they resigned. And that is just one example. We've also seen debates over what books, for example, should be allowed in schools, how racism should be taught, how gender expression should be treated. Um, so there's a lot to unpack here, Sonia. What effect do these, these debates, these societal, these cultural debates have on uh, the members of the school board and really how they can effectively do their jobs? Yeah, so, you know, first and foremost, our positions are nonpartisan. And however, it is very difficult. You do bring your leanings and your, your thoughts to that role. However, when uh, you're making those decisions, uh, whether it is curriculum, whether it is all students belong policy, we do have requirements that we do follow the law. Um, and so some regards we do, uh, we, are, we are asked to follow the law, uh, follow policy, um, and so uh, those are decisions we have, you have to make. You have to put your personal mm -hmm. thoughts aside. And our true north should always be what's best for our community, what's best for our students. 
I think uh, that part of the of this issue comes down to fear that school board sure. members have, and because there have been sure. uh, several reports, several school board members they've recorded reported an increase in harassment. Um, some have said they've been followed to their cars after school right. board meetings. That's very scary. Um, some have been doxxed, so they've had their phone numbers, their addresses posted online. Yeah. Um, a new bill, though, has been introduced to try and curb some of that, and that's House Bill 3552. Right. That would make Sonia harassing a school board member a crime, um, and it would really allow board members to keep their information private. Um, why do you feel that this bill would be necessary? I do feel it's necessary. I, um, in my six years on the board, I have colleagues and dear friends that you know, we are in a community and we do this work together. Uh, and they've all, I've had friends who have been threatened and they've been viable threats. And it's, you know, we, we really love the work we do, but at, at the expense of, uh, of our family, our mm -hmm. safety, we really do need these types of protections. It's vitally important that we can do this work uh, and do that without fear of, of any kind of harm coming to right. ourselves or to our families. When it comes to school boards making decisions, you hear sometimes from parents who say the school yeah. board should work for us as parents and fulfill our wishes because we know what's best for our students. We're their parent for a reason. Right. Then you have the other side of it saying the student needs, the student's needs are most important. So where do you fall in yeah. that divide between the, the wants and the wishes of the parents and the students? Sure. You know, well, I'm a parent, so I, you know, my advocacy began really early before I was on the school board, but I was always very respectful of the process. I think there's a real opportunity first to, I always want to elevate uh, what our community says. Mm -hmm. um, I think parent voice is incredibly important. Um, but I also think that's an opportunity to inform parents as they share their concerns with us to understand what's under the purview of a board. What can we actually do? Are there concerns that we can move to, we can uh, refer to our superintendent? Is there, there's, there needs to be a halfway a conversation mm -hmm. where we can meet some middle ground. Um, and I think it's incredibly val valuable to listen to their concerns. Student voice also is incredibly important. Um, and I'm really proud of the work we've done at Park Rose in elevating that and giving that yep. agency. Um, there's a really great quote that I heard the other day about student voice has always been there. Um, what we do is we honor it when we stop and we listen to it. Um, and it really could make impact a great deal of change if we listen to our students. And speaking about elevating the student voice, uh, we're seeing uh, a trend with some school boards to restructure the makeup right. of, of who is on the school board and some right. districts opting to add student representatives to really uh, kind of fill the void of that student voice. If you can elaborate a little bit more sure. on the importance of that and do you do you anticipate seeing that trend continue elsewhere? I do, I hope it does continue. I, I What I'd like to share is a, a story of Park Rose and how we really, um, we really wanted that we gave a great deal of time in planning that it was really a dream of one of my colleagues on the board who's no longer on the board that she wanted to, to plant that seed in us uh, that we wanted to do that work so about two years ago we started with just a dream uh, we wanted to give our students agency we wanted to look at different models of engagement um, student board representation around the state we spent a year of bringing in different student representatives speaking with us about their experience how they created their program and then we gave we tasked our, our superintendent with our a goal within a year to plan and so what he did which was really great as he talked to student groups focus groups he talked to our athletes our, our artists our kids who weren't on leadership he uh, was able to get an idea of what they wanted to see they wanted to see diversity they didn't want to just to see the kids that were um, always in leadership they wanted to see kids who sometimes aren't represented and didn't always have a voice and sure. so we were able to create this amazing program and it was through the students that they decided on how they were going to be selected they did the screening process 
Um, now we have four representatives on our board. Um, they are provided time to plan. Uh, they are given a stipend for their participation. They are active in our conversations. They attend our meetings. Uh, they attended our board retreat last year. They help us with our mission and vision. Um, and they are true leaders. We are partners in the work together. And I think it's a, an amazing model that we have. Yeah, you're really, uh, you're really doing the work to make that inclusive for the students Absolutely. and lift their voices. Yeah. Sonia, thank you so much for talking with me today. And speaking of these student voices, when we come back, we're gonna talk to two high school seniors who have spent the year advocating for thousands of their fellow students on their school board. We'll hear what they say students need from these upcoming elections. We're back in two minutes. And welcome back to Straight Talk. Today we're talking about school board elections, which are coming up on May 16th. In the past, these positions flew under the radar, but in the last few years, school board proceedings in many districts have become pretty contentious. We want to hear now from the students at the center of this also. We have two guests today joining us. Byrony McMahon is the student representative for Portland Public Schools. She's currently a senior at Cleveland High School. And we have Oishiki Nog, a student representative for the Tiger Tualatin School District. And she she is a student at Tigard High School. Thank you both for being here today. Thank, Thank you, you for so having much. us. You bet. Um, I would like to start with just learning a little bit about what it's like to be a student representative. Can you each just give us a little insight? Yeah, so different school districts across the country traditionally do the role a little bit differently. But for me at Portland Public Schools, I get to be basically a functioning board member in all ways, except I don't have a um, full vote. Um, but I get to engage in board discussion, be there during work sessions, and really get to dig into the problems that are affecting our students the most. Oishiki, how about you? What's your experience been? Yeah, it's very similar. Um, we are actually encouraged to do events outside of um, normal board discussion as well. We're, other than executive sessions, we are allowed to participate. Um, we don't have a formal vote since we're not elected officials, mm -hmm. but we do get to make um, we get to make the advisory decisions along with um, the normal discussions. You still have a lot of influence, yes. it sounds like. A yeah. really important role. How do you each really um, kind of balance the needs? I mean, you're representing thousands of students for your respective districts. I mean, my district is over 40,000 students, and it's really difficult, certainly, especially right. when they're spread out across such diverse grade levels as well. Um, but the biggest way that I think I work to balance the two roles is through the District Student Council, um, which is a representation of students from across the district, all of high school age, who really help to connect me with the different cluster communities that exist within Portland. And I think sharing the responsibility, it's great to have the title of student representative, but what it's about is sharing that information, because mm -hmm. knowledge is power. And so for me, it's really been connecting with students and making those visits that have allowed me to sort of balance those interests because the more you know, the more you can share. Sure. And ultimately the role of student representative is to be that connection between the students we serve and the decisions we make. Boy, Shiki, how about you? How do you balance very potentially diverse opinions and wants and needs from your fellow students? So one of the main things that our district has done to kind of compartmentalize the positions is that instead of having a fixed number of like two or three, we have, um, we have student representatives from each high school mm -hmm. and there has been past conversation about maybe spreading it towards middle schoolers as well. So we have two high school representatives from each high school and one from Creekside, which is our other high school. And we have spent 
times discussing together how we can better serve. So each month we have one board member come in and one student representative from the school to kind of eat lunch with students mm -hmm. to kind of meet students where they are because oftentimes it can be very intimidating coming to a board meeting, especially right. with the contentious, um, right. heated environment. And by coming to places where students are more comfortable, it kind of opens up opportunity as well as it meets students where they are instead yeah. of the government coming uh, having to come to your representative, the representative, sure. comes to, uh, representative comes to you, and I think that's really important. So w upcoming elections for school board um, will be taking place soon. Byrony, what should voters be considering? What questions should they be asking when they're looking at voting for a, a member of the school board? I think it's really tricky because school board elections are kind of in that special time where people don't, it's not part of your general. Some people might not have really heard of it or really understand how important these elections are. Right. But ultimately, I think for everyone, I recommend choosing someone who understands the position. I think a lot of people enter into the school board thinking that it's similar to the role of the superintendent, where you have a, a very close hand in what we do um, and what the school district does. But ultimately, the role of a board member is to govern. Mm -hmm. It's not to micromanage. And so I recommend to everyone to definitely look for those board members that understand what the role is, because it's those people that are gonna be the most effective in making those large scale decisions that are gonna affect the district likely for many, many years. Right. And often we hear a lot from parents about what parents' needs are and what they expect from their school board. Oishiki, what do you hear from students as far as what they need from their school boards? We're talking um, maybe curriculum needs, safety improvements, equity uh, policy changes. I mean, what are some of the big topics you hear? So I think there are two overwhelming um, ideas that students want. They want to feel trusted and they want to trust the school board. They also want good communication. Mm -hmm. There has been so many times in the past couple of years where students have been blindsided by a lot of the decisions that school boards have made. And some of them have been necessary decisions, right. but some of them students have said that they wanted to at least have a seat in the, on the table. Um, a lot of times there are like societal issues um, that are led by what parents want. Right. I've served on an interim um, appointee board and there was one person that I distinctly remember that had referred to students as cockroaches that mm. needed to be tamed. Oh. And you don't forget. <laughs> you don't forget that. Clearly, that. Yeah. And it was when uh, this person was asked who the school board ultimately serves. The school board ultimately serves the students. Mm -hmm. It's the school. The parents have a right to be involved in those decisions. However, each decision directly impacts students. And having that trust, knowing that the school board serves them, is really important. So when voting for who the school board serves or who the school members are, it's important to understand that you are voting for the kids in your community. Right, right. And you have to understand that, sure, it's your vote, you have a say, but it's also you're not the one who has to live through the decisions. Right, and being just very inclusive mm -hmm. and, and rem remembering that students are an equal player here. Yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, you both have supported lowering the voting age to 16 when it comes to school board elections. Byrony, weigh in on why you'd like to see that change. Yeah, made. I think that the biggest thing is that 
These, exactly as we were just talking about, it's school districts serve students. And I think that the easiest way to get students involved in decision-making processes is to allow them the opportunity and the right to decide who represents them. And I think there are many high school students, we are almost of that age where we can vote, but that leaves out such a huge population, especially since we serve such a diverse number of ages. And the more people we can involve in that process, the more likely we are to make the changes that we want to see in our school district. We're running out of time here, but any uh, last call to action maybe to fellow students who are on the fence about maybe running for a student representative position or, or opting to go out for something like that? I mean, definitely do it. Yeah, definitely do it. <laughs> definitely do it. I think that it's a lot of work. A lot of people say that, and it definitely is. But ultimately, it's the most rewarding thing that I certainly have mm -hmm. ever done. Um, and also, if you're 18, go vote in the yeah. school yes. board elections. And yes. if you're 16 and 17, register <laughs> sure to vote. <laughs> yes. That's some great advice. Thank you both for being here. Again, we have um, Byroni and Uishiki. Thank you, both high school seniors. Congratulations on your upcoming you. graduation. You. We'd also like to thank Sonia McKenzie one more time from the Oregon School Boards Association for also coming on the show today. And a reminder that Election Day is coming up on May 16th, so get ready to vote. You can also get Straight Talk as a reminder. As a podcast, you can download it wherever you listen to your shows. We'll see you back here next week.